Hey guys, John McHugh from Weekend Superstars here, and I just wanted to take a minute to thank everybody that's been listening to the show. Hope you all been enjoying it. We've had a blast doing it. Um, before we get started on today's episode, we got a big announcement, so I'm going to send you over to my co-host, Mr. George Moulton, right now. Hey guys, just real quick, uh, let you know I have uh, recently been offered and accepted a, a new gig, so to speak. I'll be the, the Sunday morning man on uh, 105.5 Hank FM there in Lexington. Uh, playing all the greatest country classics from the 60s, 70s, and the 80s for you from uh, 8 to noon on Sunday starting Labor Day weekend. So we'll be going back and forth. We'll we'll have that on the podcast, and we'll have the podcast on the air. We'll get things rolling along, and uh, we'll catch you on Sundays. All right. So here's today's episode. episode yet coming up <laughs> i don't know what, what we're going to talk about I, I already know everything about you i know it's, i just i hope you don't have a list of questions that's my thing well, do, does i already it look know like everything we have i want to know about him <laughs> we, we we have not well, you had probably any know questions stuff i don't know <laughs> possibly that could go either way though yeah, george got mad at me on tony's interview because i showed up with a little list of topics he goes what are you doing getting professional i said no i just had a couple ideas and John's got his legal pad out, so tall. Legal pad, yellow. <laughs> Guys, welcome to Weekend Superstars. I'm John McHugh. <laughs> I'm George Bolton. And today's guest is Garrick Puddin Howe. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> well, just smoking cigars on your patio. Enjoy my hobby. So, anyway, like I said, I know everything about you already. Uh, well, screw the audience. They doing, don't need no Doing shit. an interview with my best friend is kind of strange. It um, it's awkward. And uh, I do want to point out, though, that uh, not only are you a solo artist, but you are also one-third member of the Toxic Trio, which includes myself, George Moulton, and you. Yes. Which is always a blast. I feel like we should have worn our rings. I, I mean, it's not a visual okay. thing podcast, yeah. but, you know. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, we did wear our rings. They're right here. They can't see them. Oops. Just audio, man. Just audio. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess start at the beginning, man. Uh, what I don't know about you is when you started. I know when your first gig was, but I don't know when you started playing guitar, harmonica. What? Give us a little insight on that. What will not be a surprise to you is that my grandfather, my dad's dad, played um, and had his playing is what inspired me to want to learn to play. Let's sit there and watch him play. When he had his 30th anniversary, Les Paul, I guess with an 82, maybe, with 82. Anyway, he had that thing, so it was like that was like a holy grail of guitars from day one to me. And then, and he played, uh, he kind of had Merle Travis, Chet Atkins thing mm-hmm. that was what he cool. dug on it was yeah. killer and he was good at it and the cat uh he's worked the brickyard up south shore and at one point cut all his fingertips off dad said he cut his fingertips off and relearned how to play guitar yeah, a bit of a tony iomi kind of story yeah he's well yeah I mean, he's i mean he's just an old school 
was an old school depression guy, you know. Did what the heck? Born in 25. I mean, he was what, you know, 10 years old when right in the dead smack middle of the depression. So he's probably one of the cats that end up with, I don't know, what is a Rodney character said? You know, them old guys that got cancer, clip it off and eat it with a pocket knife. <laughs> yeah. So basically what you're saying is you weren't inspired by Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> I wasn't. Being from South Shore. No, no, no. No, he's from Flatwood, man. He's from yeah, the snooty that's, that's, part of the county. That's a whole different, whole different, whole different yeah. race, sir. Yeah, he had a whole shrine at the Flatwood McDonald's. I was always jealous of that. <laughs> it was football jersey from Russell. But... I had I had to play in a club that said the house of Billy built on it for oh. two and a half years, seven nights a week. So. What was that one? That one? Ragtime. Up in Huntington, West Virginia. Huntington. What was the place he always played in Ironton? Uh, man, anything that I ever had to do with Ironton is a blur. I mean, it, that was just a... Fortunately, no kids. We'd run, across, Ironton, sorry, it's we'd run across the river and, and play a few nights over there, and it just... The only memory I've got in Ironton is I was with a friend of mine, uh, Jamie Jordan, one night, and we weren't playing. We just went up there to hang out at this mm-hmm. club. I can't remember what the name of it was, but he told me about it. We get up there, and you're ready to walk in the door, and some dude's passed out at the entry. <laughs> just laying right. You had to step across him. Nobody's moving him, just letting him sleep. And by the time we got in there, Jamie had already fell down in a trash can, knocked all the beer cans and bottles out in the floor, nice. and, and they asked us to leave. But, uh I haven't seen too much good happen when I've been in Ireland. <laughs> no. I'm not saying it's a bad town. I've just not ever seen much good happen. But so. Earl Thomas Conley in hometown, ain't it? Ain't that where old, is uh, he, Earl Thomas mm, is from? I thought, in he that was, area? I thought he was from West Portsmouth area. They, they got ATC be. Park over there. Well, that, then you're West probably Portsmouth right. Yeah. Oh, Earl Thomas. Yeah, so Papaw played, and uh, that was kind of, I mean, obviously that's not my style of playing or nor skill level anywhere sure. close, but, but that was kind of my you know introduction to it and then dad always dad actually can play a little bit he and he i mean just i spent since eighth grade was 13 i'm 39 so 26 years i spent 26 years trying to talk him into trying to use a pick (laughs) um but you know dad used to strum a strum guitar a little bit and he could play falls in prison with i mean it's pretty straight i mean he was you know right but um so dad did a little bit. My mama, dad's mom, she played uh, she played guitar. She wrote a few songs, a few gospel songs of her own. Um, I don't actually. I don't know if anybody's got copies of those as far as the, the lyrics. I, I I don't know if anybody knows how to play them. Um, I I don't think I was old enough to really comprehend what learning gospel songs. Right. She to learn them from her. But. Uh, yeah, so that was that on the guitar, and then you know, most like like most everybody else, when I was in eighth grade, that's when I actually picked one up and started trying to learn. And um, seventh, eighth grade, somewhere in that ballpark, and uh, trying to get chicks and oh, didn't work. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm not rich, so <laughs> sorry, y'all. I hate to burst everybody's bubble. <laughs> yeah. That's- there goes the show right there. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I got uh, I got the old infection from that point just to play, and then then um, I went through college. I turned twenty one, played some shows and stuff, picked that up, and um, you know I was like, oh crap, people will actually give me money for this. So that, was part that... of your fault. I was like, <laughs> Mol- Molten's up here at Austin City. I turned twenty one. I'm like, well shit, I can do that. 
Marika's was the first gig. Your first Marika's was my very first gig. St. Patrick's Day. Me and Mitch. Yeah. Blair. Um, now you can't discount all the times that you got up on stage at Austin City. You trained me up. All right, I, I so. can't, you trained me up. But uh, yeah, it was it was the well, it was less than a month after I turned twenty one. We went and I got a gig at Marika's playing out. So we played for wise, but you, you just learned by ear. Just talk yeah, learned by ear. Picked up. Uh, I think we used to go children's music in Portsmouth all the time. I'd aggravate crap out of my mom and dad to tell me to get guitar strings or go get. You know, it used to you go get. They had a machine there, a computer. It wasn't whatever. <laughs> Looked like a jukebox, but you go through and pick all these songs out, right? Yeah. Um, you can pick the song, you get it to print it out, like three or four dollars. They give you the sheet music. Well, above all oh, the okay. sheet music, it had those chords. little chord charts. Yeah. So I, you know, some George Strait songs of the day or a Wallflowers tune, that kind of stuff. And I'd start learning my chords, yeah. more chords through that, <clears throat> and uh, and then. Yeah, so that just kind of took off from there, and uh, it was just guitar, singing. And I, I didn't have, I didn't know what my voice was supposed to be until, yeah, it was probably college before I picked any of that yeah. up. It was all the kind of you know that young kind of timid, whispery, singing and just staying on key and not the, the nights that you would. <laughs> that you would drag putting up on stage. Not, wait, uh, I didn't drag. He didn't drag me up there for but, uh, a while. Were you already playing with anybody or playing out, or was the, you were just hitting like karaoke and stuff? That <laughs> yeah, I was doing some karaoke stuff, just some extra scratch. You know, college student. One. All I knew at that time was he did a really fantastic job on Copperhead Road. It was one of the best versions I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was your out. <laughs> you lying dog. <laughs> Okay, it was I out. didn't want to play it. I got sick of playing it, so every time I got a request, and eventually, for it, I'd be like looking around, see yeah, where pudding was at. Yeah, and eventually I got sick of it too. So <laughs> we just want to play it. But yes, I, but at the time I was more than happy to hop on stage, and that just made the whole <laughs> half to play thing worse, you know. But anyway, I go through college and do all that, have a good time, just get up there and play, and I pick up acoustic stuff. I remember the semester that I was student teaching, so my last semester at UK, I had, I you know I. Had to be at school at GRC in Clark County. Go ahead, buddy, rack it. Sorry, we wanted to smoke cigars this evening, so there might be a little ambiance. <laughs> so, um, so, I forgot. So, oh, I had to be at GRC at you know seven thirty in the morning to student teach, and then uh, and then on Wednesday nights I had uh, history rock music class. I had to go to nice. two and a half hours, which was great. Enjoyed it, but uh, and then on Thursday. Uh, and Friday nights, I had one of those nights I was playing at Squires, and the other one, no, Thursday nights I was going out of the city, and Mama was, she had she had started giving me like thirty five or forty dollars to come out there and do a Thursday night acoustic yeah. before whatever's going on. <clears throat> and that was you know that was when they were running three nights a week plus col- Wednesday was college night, yeah. so they anyway give me a little bit of money there, and then I'd go to Squires Tavern off of Man of War. Squires Road, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I went out there and uh, I forgot the name of that cat that was running at the time. But he he gave me $75 to go up there and play for three hours and they never made me pay a bar tab. So I drank Boilermakers every Friday night like they were going to quit making them. And um, I get my $75 and bounce the curves home. I'm not proud of that, but that's what happened. But then I got out when we started fifth on the floor after college, when I graduated, it was 2006, 
and it was the summer I graduated. We started that band, and it was because of the Squires Tavern gig. Wells was playing. You all weren't college buddies. Uh-uh. Just, uh, Wells met was at the bar. Wells was playing. Well, I want to say Wednesday nights, maybe something. He was playing another night out there, and um, somehow we ended up getting our paths crossed. I think he may just come in to see me. I don't know, I, but ended up, and that's where we had. Um, I think I met Chris Collins, our drummer. I think maybe Maddie Rogers. I think we all ended up, we all met there. Like we conscious, hey, let's meet, let's start a band and let's meet here and have that first meeting. So that all happened at Squires Tavern, I think. If I didn't, now again, I, some of this is pretty drunk, so. Um, I, I can't, Not now, then. Yeah, yeah, then. So if any of that's inaccurate, guys, if any of them listen, I don't know if they would, but. You know, you feel free to correct me. I, I'm not, I ain't going to tell you it's the end all be all truth, but I do remember us having a, a meeting or two there. Before how long we started was Fifth on the Floor together? Because I, I know the band was, they went on after mm-hmm. you, but how long were you in the band? I was with them almost two years exactly. Um, we started things up and we played uh, a lot. I don't remember having, but maybe a handful of nights off in those two years. I mean, and and that would, and that's you know when I first time I met you was mm-hmm. at the Dame. Yeah. Um, when we did like a Tuesday night show, I think yeah. we all got paid six bucks the end yeah. of the night. I, I think, think I, I spent, le- left before we even got paid. Actually, I, yeah. I knew it was gonna be six bucks. I stayed till we got paid, and I, or no, I stayed, and eventually I was like, I'm not staying anymore because I I think I'd spent like twenty five on <laughs> PBR Tall Boys, and I was like, I gotta go home, or I'm never gonna get there. That that is the. Uh, that is the beginnings of the saying that I have on all my guitar cases where country pays because you and I both Fifth on the Floor wasn't necessarily a country band you were more Southern Rockish in those we, early well, days I mean you have listen to my voice we can limp over we could limp over to country pretty easy sure uh, but I was in a rock band mm-hmm. same time you were in Fifth on the Floor and we were playing places like the Dame which were that was like the premier spot for those types of bands but you couldn't make any money unless you absolutely filled that place, which we just couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And when my band broke up, I think you left Fifth on the Floor about the same time. So I left I left Fifth on the Floor in, god dang. It had been 08, I think, because that's when I I quit. think that's right. I think that's right. Why am I thinking it's 09? It would have been. No, it's not. It's 08. It was. Because 09's when I left. That's when I left teaching. Yeah. So, 08, yeah, that's when I left. The summer of 08 was when I left fifth on the floor. And I did not, at the time, leave on super good terms. Now, of course, it. I don't think it took a whole long time. I sort of buried the hatchet with everybody and kind of unburned those bridges. I think I was probably just being drunk smartass when I told them I was quitting. But um, ultimately, all, all said and done... Um, you know, I'm, I've got a good relationship with all those cats off, you know, now. Um, but I just remember when when my band broke up, uh, I was in the middle of trying to figure out what to do. Do I, do I move to a different city? What am I going to do? And then I knew George was doing solos mm-hmm. on Thursday at Austin City. And you got to scratch the itch. I just like, well, I know George will let me sit in. Mm-hmm. I just, I just want to play a gig just for fun and I'd show up 
And then you started showing up, and we yep. started doing it together. And I, that, that's when we got to know each other. So when I left yeah. fifth on the floor, I, and I genuinely thought I was burnt out. Like, I was just tired. And I may have just been tired that weekend, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I was like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go my way from them. And uh, which ultimately was the right decision. They went on to do some awesome stuff, and I felt, in a way, I felt like I was anchoring them to this side of of the music sound that it wasn't them because they went a whole. Yeah, they they, they kind of went a different yeah. direction, yeah. you know. Um, but you know, if you're going to be successful, you got to come through me and you at some point, all right? <laughs> yeah. Right. And then after we leave you, then you get to be successful. Yeah. No, but That's in all true. seriousness, <laughs> yeah. But in all seriousness. It ultimately became the best thing for both parties because I went my way and they went theirs and and you know we've had those separate paths but um, but yeah when I left oh yeah I'm gonna take some time off and I'm gonna relax and I'm gonna catch my breath and I believe it was uh, I believe it was a Saturday I left fifth on the floor and the following Thursday I come out <laughs> I called Tish was like you think George will let me sit in on his campfire night she's like yeah come on. And uh, that was it. So I made it. Uh, I think you five ended days. up leaving that gig, and we took it over, didn't we? Or I think did, George. I, I think yeah, so. I think so. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Because I feel like we did a few of them without you, and yeah. then that's how. We how long were you connected. doing before I started showing up? Not long. I mean, it was yeah, it maybe a week or two. Yeah, pretty much right about the same time. But those those were an absolute blast. Yeah, they were. To do. I mean, it was just. I wish you stood that video. When I do. He was, do you have the one when he did? He stopped loving her today. In the like, voice of Carl from Sling Blade. <laughs> I do. It's somewhere. I've got it. I've, we have, I have to see that. I, uh, from my understanding, I don't remember much of it, except it was funnier than crap. But, but from yeah, my understanding, we just basically fall on the floor immediately. The, the campfire acoustic sessions at Austin City was basically a free-for-all of whatever mm-hmm. we wanted to play. We'd have about 20 people on lawn chairs out on the dance floor, which was actually really cool. Yeah. Because they were there to listen, and it was very intimate, and we had fun. But then sometimes we, we, we do, uh, we do songs in the voice of Carl from Sling Blade. <laughs> well, what you got? And dirty songs. What, yeah. what you got to get the, the campfire? The, the the whole concept of that came from when I was playing years before. A lot of nights after the show was over, and everybody was out of the bar except for maybe the people that worked there and a few handful. We'd set bar stools up around the dance floor, and, keep playing. and me and you know Hank or somebody in the band or t- whoever, you know, just just yeah. trade songs back and forth, and sometimes sit there till four or five o'clock in the morning, and uh, that it just I don't know, it just turned into that. I think part of it might have been just me being lazy. I didn't want to do a great whole lot of anything on Thursday, so I'm like, you know, I'll just sit up here and just tell everybody to pull a yeah. stool up here, you know, or you got, well, no, I tell you exactly what it was. You're sitting there on the stage. You got the dance floor out in front of you. You're an acoustic act. You got 20 people in the bar. They're all sitting back there in chairs. <laughs> they're a thousand miles away from you. I was like, you know, bring your ass Come up here, here and let's just let's all sit in here. And that way, we'll just, just talk back and forth and go on with it. But yeah, so it it was a it was a fun time. And tried it a few times after that, but I think the magic was kind of gone. That was just yeah at that time. I don't think it, we did that for very long either mm-hmm. before the. Battle of the Bands. Yeah, I want to say right? it was a couple of months. It was pretty quick. Um, yeah, and then Battle of the Bands come up, and I picked up, well, basically, Avery's band. Were you basically wanting to, to just try and being you, a solo act? Or, yeah. Or, like, you felt you were ready well, to be a solo Well, act? no. No, when I call, I think you're the first person I called 
when I was deciding, somebody said, somebody had said something about getting in that battle of the bands, and I was like, I don't know. And then I think I called you, and I, I, I don't know exactly how I phrased it, but I know it wasn't like, hey, let's start a band. Right. <laughs> but it was something like, do you think, do you think I could do that? And I, you were like, well, I'll do it if you want to do it. And I said, okay. And we just took off from there. So I think I called Donnie and Hank and, and uh, Ronnie and you. That was it, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. We and we took, went in there and I think we did a few rehearsals at Ronnie's and Bree and... I mean, it was, I mean, I, well, I was, what, 20-something, 20 25, you 4. Uh, it was just pedal to the floor the whole time. That brings up a very good memory of when we did start that. Uh, we had a couple gigs under our belt. We had already done the Battle of the Bands. We won the Battle of the Bands. And then we had the gig with uh, where we were going to open for Justin Moore, yeah. And so we took everybody out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm forgetting the name in Wilder. Bobby Mackey's. Bobby Mackey's, mm. yeah. Yes. We, we went to Bobby Mackey's the night before. Mainly because we wanted to band with the bond. With the, uh, bond band with, with the bond. Band with Easy the bond. for you to say. <laughs> we wanted to bond with the guys before that big show because we were still just getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. And boy, was that a night. <laughs> it was a night. That was oh man, that's one of the funnest nights I've ever had in my life. None of us had Truth ever be been. Told. We wanted to see the band, of course, but it's we also known for being the, haunted. Yeah, we wanted to go see the spooky stuff. We did the ghost, uh, the ghost tour. Scared the shit out of us because we were all drunk about one o'clock in the morning in the basement. They don't tell you that the trash cans have a big tube that lead down to the basement. And they throw so when they down, throw the yeah. bottles down there, it crashes right in the middle of your spooky tour. <laughs> so that's how they get you. Yeah. Spoiler alert. But no, it's still a good tour. I enjoyed it. The big Ronnie, fight broke out. Yeah, we had we did we got the whole experience that night. It was we all road trip. I think uh, yeah, the plan was we stayed at uh, uh, we were going to stay at Brittany's mom's. Yeah, up in Covington. So we road tripped up from Owenton or something, and then we all got to Bobby Mackey's. And Hank and Ronnie were in the rearview mirror of the trucks, primping their hair. Had the Aquanet just. I mean, just a cloud out. It looked like Cheech and Chong over the salon. Yeah. And they were just working it up, man. They looked great Let going in, though. So yeah. <laughs> but, then we uh, finally go in. I think Mike went with Ricky went with us, too, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. Mike and Ricky both went there. So we go in, and we're all, you know, I don't know. We weren't out of place, but. That was just a fun bonding experience yeah, for a band. And then and we it was, did the show. It was awesome until Ronnie stood. Boys. I'm paying for the whole band to ride the bull. <laughs> and then it all went downhill from that. Right. You remember he just got sucked into that cloud of that big fight? We had a big Boar's Nest, Boar's Nest Dukes of Hazard fight broke out. And we saw Ronnie, and he was about to make it out, and he just disappeared. <laughs> it, was all, it was just teeth and eyeballs in the cloud. I and just remember him coming out of it with a little bit of blood on his shirt. And I said, Ronnie, you okay? He said, well, it ain't my blood. <laughs> But yeah, when we went back, we played that show the next night. That was a fun night. After that show, uh, that was basically when we were a unit. Yeah. That's basically when it started. It was a good way to start a big show like that. But uh, it was right about then when we took over. We we weren't necessarily taking over. We were rotating house band slots with Scott. Scott was doing a week or two weeks, and then we'd do two weeks. I forget how it was. (coughs) Yeah. But we had a rotation where it was either us or them at, at Austin City for about 
two years, wasn't it? You damn right it was either this or this or then. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. I'm kidding. I love you. <coughs> God. When did uh, it last? Two years? Uh, yeah, it was about two years. And then, well, and then, well, it was a little less than that. I think Scott and them decided to move on down the line at some point, and then we stayed about another year, year and a half, and we were doing. I mean, we were playing half the weekends, yeah, and then the other half was whatever it is what they wanted to do. But we basically they'd schedule us, and then they'd fill in the gaps around us. They didn't want to do a full house band, but they wanted to have something consistent. It was kind of transition, but um, I don't know how you felt. Uh, being the, the solo act or being your show, but uh, that was basically my cutting teeth moment. You know, when when I joined that band and started playing country music and getting that house gig, that was for me. That was like going to college for playing music. Yeah, like, that's when I figured everything out. You yeah, know, or you, started to learn. You and I both. You know, uh, we were kind of cutting our teeth together, and then uh, I don't know. Was it two thousand? 10 you started to slow down a little bit uh we still played but we didn't have the house gig and i want to say it was closer to 2012 it may is when been. i started trailing out yeah um and then i kind of went i just kind of started focusing over on the acoustic side um more so and and at the time it was always well it's easier to do acoustic stuff oh i got to keep one or two calendars meaning you and i as opposed to five calendars, you know, all that crap. To dealing with the band yeah. was a headache. Truth be told, well, scheduling <laughs> the band. Yeah. You know, and it's not, it ain't their fault. I mean, it's just sheer volume. I mean, you the got more, five different people. people's lives yeah. that you got to work around and what they got going on. So, but yeah, it's, it's eventually, some of that can wear on you. Um, and at the time, I mean, I was, you know, I was getting, I'd, crossed into that fuzzy line where my drinking probably it was not probably it was getting to be a problem anyway so and that yeah it was around 2012-13 that I kind of just I don't want to say all the way but pretty much cut it all the way off as far as playing band full band stuff and then I kind of hit out in midway and acoustic rooms for a couple years and then I mean really it was about it just low key staying and we we'd run around a lot and hit Maysville and Moose Lodges, Moose Lodges yeah, the, and the bank, the bank, yeah. last National Bank. We had a couple couple nights. The right of passage at the pub. Uh, unfortunately, <clears throat> I don't know if they even have any bands there anymore. Yeah, if they do, they ain't calling us. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I love playing. I mean, but then you love playing Maysville because you go down there. And of course, where Ed lived at the time, you it was just walk. You just get oh, yeah. plowed yeah. ass drunk and just are you gonna stumble up the hill? So even if you fall down, it's a shorter fall than yeah. coming down a hill. And John and I learned though not not to book dates at the end of the night from the moose lodge. We end up <laughs> yeah. end up missing one where you know. And our, our comeback is you should have known better than to book anything with us. That's, that's we fair. Yeah, we got, I think I got a phone call the the day of. I think it was that it, morning. It's always the day of. And they're like, "You guys still coming tonight?" And I was like, "Coming where?" So like, are you all playing the Moose Lodge? And I was like, "Not that I know of." So like, well, you told us last time you were here that you were. I was like, "When, when did you ask me?" At the end of the night. And I was like, "Well, shit." Like, we were too drunk to remember that. Where I'm was sure the, I did. Where was the night we played that we walked into Margie's and got a standing ovation? Oh, my God. <laughs> that was one of the greatest we, nights so of my life, too. In, in Maysville, Kentucky. Standing ovation and biscuits and gravy. It go. was amazing. In Maysville, Kentucky, there's a Rourke's Pub. And uh, right across the street, I'm not, I don't even think it's there anymore. It mm-hmm. may, may be. Uh, but uh, there was Margie's, all-night breakfast. 
And uh, we we got done tearing our stuff down. Had a great show. Got paid. Let's go get something to eat. As soon as we walked we in, we did have a good night. The entire bar was at Margie's, and we got a standing ovation when we went in. <laughs> we walked in. It was ding ding ding. Bell rings, and everybody just starts going. Yeah! <laughs> and then we got, like I said, then we got biscuits and gravy and coffee, and I was like, "This is amazing!" Yeah, yeah. I don't have to drive. Those were good ones. Those man. were some fun times. I'd like to do that again. So yeah, I mean, I basically kind of hit out, did the acoustic thing, and just sort of flew under the radar for a few years, and then till I quit drinking. You remember this? I don't. I think this may have been before the full band, or might have been in the midst of it. But uh, you and me played in Frankfurt. At the dragon, was it the dragon? <laughs> yeah. And you had some? Did you have a like endorsement from Knob Creek, uh-huh. or just buddies with them? I I had I had an I had an endorse. What's the difference between sponsorship and endorsement? What whatever the one where I you got, don't get money, that's I, the one I had. You, you had got free liquor. Yeah. You got free. Liquor. I got I got free liquor and and merch uh, thrown my way, but most but Bernie lovers. I got hooked up with him, and he's like, well, I mean, you know, like a sponsorship's a thing. And I guess, you know, I don't know what the story. Maybe he was just like, I ain't giving this guy sponsorship. But he was like, I'll I'll get you a bunch of crap printed up with some Jim Beam yeah, stuff we had, on Yeah, we it. had banners and yeah. all this stuff. And I was uh, like, okay, cool. So and I was like, can I tell people I'm sponsored by Knob Creek? And he goes, sure. <laughs> I was like, all right, deal. So I started wearing a bunch of Jim Beam Knob Creek stuff and bring banners. And We did this gig, though, and these guys showed up to the gig. <laughs> that was Knob the, Creek I, guys. Yeah. No, no, no. That, well... No, it wasn't them. That was Ash. Was from, it from Ash? Fifth on the floor? Ash. Anyway, some we got free liquor all night. And Ricky, Richie, his family used to run the pick pack downtown here in Frankfurt. Richie, uh, he was the one. That, him and and Ash and all them cats, they come walking in because we were in. I was on their turf, and Ash and I, when we were fifth on the floor. Ash and I rode to every show together, and you know when there were frustrations, he and I were venting to each other in the van, and we hauled the gear. And anyway. So we got pretty tight. So when I, you know, left, we still were on good terms, um, even then, and for for some period of time. So he heard we were in town, and he rolls out there, and then it was just tray after tray after tray of liquor. And I'd gotten that boss, that little, I don't remember what the thing was called, but it looked like a, it looks about about the size of an iPad, but it you just plug in couple of quarter inch cables uh, from your output of your I've still got that recording you still have that? I still have it and what's oh. great about it is at the beginning of the it. recording we sounding pretty good yeah <laughs> but the more I'm drinking the more I want to sing but I shouldn't sing <laughs> but you I didn't just, stop I didn't stop no I'm just it, I'm feeling it and you can tell at the, the end more of that he had to drink the closer regard for the microphone <laughs> It is hard to listen to that recording. We had, so, and I don't know how, I don't know how, but we had them in the palm of our hand at the end of the night. We were doing Drift Away, and I had them, like, locked. Like, they were singing their butts off the whole room, like, you know, and it's going, and John's in there, he's just belting it right into the microphone. (laughs) It's like that night Hank would have hit that high note on on some low tobacco crap. Well, at least John stuck around with you for that He did hang in, yeah. (laughs) Hank just walked off the stage. But uh, that was a challenging. Oh, I didn't know I was bad until the next day. Oh, right. I thought I was singing my ass That was a challenging (laughs) ride home, too. Again, I'm not proud of it. Just telling you what happened. I'm pretty sure it's on the recording. I asked the crowd if there's somebody that can give us a ride. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do remember that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, you start doing your acoustic stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, that, sometimes I'd play with you, sometimes I wouldn't. Uh, but you did that 
and we would do maybe a full band show, what, four or five times a year? Yeah, it was pretty slim. Well, for, for a little bit, and then it went to nothing. I basically yeah, started that's when I went retreating and all that and going through all that stuff with the with the drinking and, and not drinking and all that business. So I, that's which is whatever. <coughs> that's its own set of stories, but you then, know, then uh, coming out on the other side of that's you know, that's a whole it's like a whole it's almost been like starting another career, to be completely honest. Yeah. In a way. That's well, also I, about I the same time that you started putting together your studio though right yeah and you started recording your own stuff yep. uh, what possessed you to even do that it was a way it, it in my head at the time it was a way to do music without being around people just write and record your own stuff just write and record just something to be creative without actually having to go out into the world um and and as much right and be around people um so that's really what that honestly what started it and then, once I got into it, of course, it takes on its own life. And that, I enjoy the crap out of it now. Yeah. Um, some days I don't. You know, I was sitting ed- editing bass tracks last night, and I'm like, I hate this job. This is awful. <laughs> I hate it. And I do. Like, that's the time where, you know, you got all these tools at your disposal with a computer, and it can do all this stuff for you. Um, you know, you can pocket the bass, which is for all intents and purposes it's just what I consider to be a necessary step John disagrees with me but it's necessary <laughs> um, anyway we won't get into yeah, that yeah we won't get into that but the point is, is it's pretty tedious but the computer is capable of doing that for you if you know what you're doing yeah. I don't I still don't quite know 100% what I'm doing so sometimes it doesn't work Yeah. So sometimes I just gotta go in there manually and do a whole song well when I'm manually adjusting all this stuff it's just you know you get in the middle of it and you're like I hate this this is awful yeah, and uh, but that's—I mean—that's anything too, man. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean—that's playing live. Yeah. I mean, you, you get in that—that that zone. You talk about oh, yeah. burnout and stuff. Oh yeah, you know. And sometimes you burn out on the music. Sometimes you burn out on the people you're playing music mm-hmm. with, or the crowds, yep. or whatever. Yeah, but, you know, but so we the, pick our poison, I guess. Yeah. Well, and then the other side too, you do all that, but then you get to go back out and play in the sandbox too. Yeah. So you know, it's like, oh, let's put a rotary pedal on a harmonica and see what that sounds like you know you did dumb stuff and you're like oh that actually worked right so that's the cool part and then and then you know as time has gone on I'm better at doing it um and things when i mix things and they actually sound like a thing that yeah. you know you might hear on a radio you know they're kind of getting to starting to get into that territory i'm not saying great but they're starting to get into a territory that sound like it was mixed in a guy's garage right and it's like, oh, this is really cool. Like, I'm getting some payoff on this, too. So so that's, and it's like hitting the good golf shot. You hit. What's that I, like? I, yeah, right. You can hit, I can hit, I get hit 350 slices, which I would. And that's why I had to quit golfing. I'm trying to not drink. But I get hit 350 slices in a row and hit one right down the fairway. It's perfect. And I'm like, I love golf. I'm right. coming back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then go out and just stank it up for the rest of the week. And yeah. So gigs are like that. Yeah, gigs are like that. I mean, I, I've compared you know chasing the dragon to gigs all the time, where you have that one great show that that can feed you for the next ten bad shows. Mm-hmm. That'll keep you going uh, if it's really really good. Yeah, and there's some nights that it's really bad and it's difficult to keep playing, but that one show will draw you right back into it. Mm-hmm. And this is why I do what I do. Or, yeah, or you run into a weird room or so, just something. The right. mojo's a little different, and, and you don't 
you know, you can't get spaghetti to stick to the wall. You're you're somebody. Uh, actually, both of you have this talent, but you do it in two completely different ways. So, like, if you're playing a room that is not responding whatsoever, you might have a packed house. George has the ability to sing a note for five minutes and get everybody's attention regardless of what genre or what song we're playing. He can get them back. Yeah. You can't. No, you, <laughs> you, you don't do it in that way. What you do that no one else that I play with does is your repertoire is so huge. You'll throw spaghetti at the wall like, hey, let's start off with three country songs, see what happens. Oh, they're not liking country tonight. Let's play 90s alt rock. See what happens. They don't like that. Let's go classic rock. You know, like, let's play some blues. Let's let's do outlaw country. We can change our mm-hmm. set according to the crowd. You do that better than anybody I know. And uh, Well, thank you. That's, <laughs> but that's, you know, like, you'll come across a bad crowd. You might be, you know, throwing everything you can at. Do you remember the night at Henry Clay's where uh, it was packed when we started? And we were like, oh, this is going to be easy. Let's go ahead and get on stage and, and kill them, you know? And nothing was biting. And finally, we just said, screw it. Let's just play whatever we want. I think we went out and played some sad country song, and then this big brawl broke out. <laughs> <laughs> that turned out to be a great night. It ended up being a great night, but at first, it took a while. <laughs> because, it, well, it and took the brawl to get things rolling. I mean, it was one of the few times I've had tremendous comedic timing on microphone, but. This brawl breaks out, and they finally, like, they're in the process of shoving it, and John looks at me, he's like, well, he does, I keep playing, this is the gig. And so we finish the song, and then as soon as we're finishing the song, they're getting ready to throw the guy, like, they're marching him up the stairs by the stage right beside <laughs> us. They're getting ready to do the old gorilla throw out the back door. And, um, I don't know why, but I just, and I remember Justin Wells saying shit like this all the time on the microphone. He goes, I remember my first time at a bar, and it just came out on the microphone. <laughs> and then the whole bar the erupted, and I had him for the rest of the night. Yeah. Or we had him for the rest of the night. And it was amazing. I did. It was pure luck. But well, we did the same thing at CCI not too long ago where uh, I think the first 30 minutes just wasn't happening. And we completely revamped the entire night and got them. And Martha, the bartender there, she was like, you all played songs the four hours that I've never heard you all play before. Like, how did you do that? And like, well, we've always known these songs. We just don't play them I'm, until we need them, you know? Well, also, I'm one of those uh, quote-unquote lazy-ass musicians with an iPad. <laughs> I won't reference current events. I got tickled that that was a fired up today. I didn't. I, missed I don't that, think apparently. anything of it. But I'm still going to use one. It's okay. That's all good. But now, you know, when you get in those situations, I mean, in that, look, I love playing music. I also like to pull something out of my rear end, not literally, but try some try something crazy weird on yeah. the fly, and but I would prefer it not be like legit half assed. So yeah. I mean, if I if I can if I can find a lyric, if I got the lyrics, well, at least I know oh, I never sing this song, so at least I can get those right. Yeah, um, you know, but it helps it helps that tip bucket sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah, somebody says, "Hey, I got a hundred bucks. I want to hear this song." Yeah, you never even heard it. You well, it we were at what was that place in Maysville, at the top of the hill? Night Moves? No, that was on the top was of the hill. That, yeah, yeah Night Moves. Yeah. That's where we played. Um, guy come up there and he had hundred dollar bill and he goes, "Can you guys play Smoky Mountain Rain?" And I was like, "I don't know that song." I mean, I know of it. Right. We were on a mill set and all that. I've heard it. You know, Smoky Mountain, but Poppy Mountain Rain. <laughs> but I didn't. I couldn't have got through it. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm like, well, now it's. 
whatever the the opinion may be of whomever, I got it. Right. You know, I'm like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. And I get that $100. Now, I hate to act like I'm not, I hate to act like I'm a greedy son of a bitch, but I am. I want that tip bucket full. I ain't going out to, I mean, I enjoy it, but I'm also not going out there for my health right. either. I mean, I kind of am, but I'm also, it's a second job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if I can leave the house, you guys know I'm preaching to the choir, but if I can leave the house and make, <clears throat> the end of the night, we split tips out, and we make we come home with three hundred dollars each, as opposed to you know a hundred or hundred fifty. You know, hey, yeah. let's that's a Malone's, right? Or that's a you know, or that's a week of groceries they ain't got to worry about, um, right? So, see, I'm just I'm just the opposite. My iPad is a guy by the name of Doug Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> Last time I needed words, he said a table in front of. Me. <laughs> you can't get your iPad to shut up either, can you? <laughs> up, uh, <laughs> right, I got a question for you. Right. I'm kind of in the midst, somewhat, not not the same exact situation, but in this this one particular avenue, I am. So the difference between you, you mentioned you're drinking and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So the difference between you taking the stage and doing your show, drinking, as to now not drinking. How much? How much of your mindset or even the way that you feel about the music, the, the way you feel about the whole process has changed? It's all, it's completely different. It's completely different than it ever was. Yeah. I, I always, I always have enjoyed being in front of a good crowd. I don't think anybody doesn't, but even drunk or not, if you had a good crowd, it was a good crowd. Yes. Yeah. You'd soak it in. But I mean, that's constantly the dragon you're chasing. However, now I feel, trying to think of the way I would describe it. It feels more. I feel like there's more of a procedure, and not in a bad way, but like it's more procedural than I used to think it was. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I used to think I was like, well, see, we got a good crowd. I hope it's lucky. You know. Right. Well, no. I mean, yeah, you can get lucky and get a good crowd, like just on sheer luck. But you can also get a good crowd via things you learn, things you notice, things you pay attention to. And if I'm not drunk, I've got all the brain capacity to pay attention to that crap while... Now, that's if I'm keeping my eyes open when I'm singing. Right. Because I'm terrible for that. But, you know, but if I'm, you know, if I notice this person, that person, oh, here's a table, there's a stone shirt and a, um, you know, a girl that kind of looks like she may dig hanging out at the head shop, you know. Let's throw some let's throw some spacey or some hippie shit at it. Um, try a Grateful Dead tune. Maybe chuck an obscure stones out. See where we're at with that T-shirt. Just different things of that yeah. nature. But yeah, it definitely feels more like I've got more bandwidth to focus on. Well, what about what I mean, the rooms needing? Because I mean, the, the difference I've noticed, and it's just been the last you know, I don't know eight or ten shows, maybe something like that. But the difference I've noticed for myself is, is, is a couple of things. Number one, unbeknownst to me, I enjoy it a whole lot more. Yes, I, I do enjoy it. I actually uh, feel it, you know, as, as we should feel what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that doing, you know, at least doing the band thing, I think that feeds back to the guys too. When, when, when if you're the front man or whatever, you know, if you're on, Mm-hmm. It, it makes sure that your guys are, you know, and you feed off them, you know. Yes. Like I was telling you not too long ago about just other few weeks ago, we just, he was just 
blowing me away with his guitar playing, and I was just feeding back and forth all day. Mm-hmm. Not that I couldn't do that, you know, or I didn't do that when I was drinking, right. but I get up the next day and actually remember that I did yeah. that and how good it felt, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know, I, it's just a, to me it was it's daylight and dark. Yeah, there's there's a huge, a humongous difference. But it, you know it, and I I don't know. I guess it's it's probably a confidence thing. Yeah, um, I can tell you the first few shows that I played or first few months that I played anything without drinking um, I spent most of that time in Midway yeah um, at, in, in what I would consider a safe room or safe right. stage for me in, that, in those circumstances so I spent so I got to kind of recut my teeth without you know drinking the pressure of all yeah that. all that pressure and then and then you got a good room there you always, you know, you've always got your ten or fifteen, yeah, um, or twenty if Lancelot come out, you know, and 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 they're gonna feed you energy. They're gonna feed you energy because right. they're there to have a good time. Yeah. So anyway, I got to kind of work with that, but yeah, now it's it's an enjoyment thing. It's like Thursday night when we were all up. Of course, on not only the occasion of of the four of us being on stage, we hadn't done that before. Me and Maggie and and John, um, but you know, I'm present for it. I'm yeah. aware of it. I'm able to pay attention. I, I just, I've just got more bandwidth. And I've got more gas event. in the tank, too, for yeah. God's sake. Oh, yeah. yeah. Holy crap. We, we did a, well, of course, there were four of us to work with, but we did an hour 40, and it was done. Yeah. I mean. Oh, no time. Yeah. It was done. I've noticed that, too. I mean, used to, like, you know, if, if I didn't drink before when I was playing, it's because I had to not drink. I, you know, I had to drive home. I had to get, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like every night I would do that, the knife would just drag and drag and drag. And now I found it seems to me like it's a whole different mm-hmm. avenue. When you get to points, like, John would be like, uh, I need to pee. I need to take a break. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I guess we have been up here for an hour and 15 minutes. Sorry. You know. Yeah. And then there's not, then you still have nights where a set drags or the end of the night's dragging, you know, and it happens. But yeah. But yeah, overall though, it's just so much easier to do, and I, I just feel like I'm I'm not winded, I'm not exhausted, and and I've just got so much more energy, and and I and I dig what I'm doing. And I I've remember, gotten a lot of joy out of yeah, it. You I know, remember there've been being, other things that go on that, that it, help that. But yeah. it was a bit of an adjustment for both of us when you quit drinking, because I remember it took a it took a time for you to get your confidence back. Mm-hmm. You know, like you struggled there for the first few shows, you know, like. You seemed nervous, you know, and I hadn't, mm-hmm. I hadn't experienced that with you before. Mm-hmm. But then I was trying to figure out how I'm supposed to act around you. Am I allowed to drink while he's not <laughs> drinking, you know? And Hell yeah. Then I was like, well, I don't want to, you know, put that kind of pressure on. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to keep things normal. He's going to have to get used to it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then people want to buy you shots. And I'd be like, yeah, just get two tequilas. I'll take both of them. <laughs> and, and, and then... I'll it was a great, and I'll then I learned, I learned my lesson from that. Uh, yeah, so, so, Jeff and him took carry on that one. Yeah, so yeah, he'll he'll have a tequila, um, you know, straight up. And uh, I had to figure out how to. I was trying to be, you know, <laughs> gentle with the situation, you know. And then, uh, well, you handled it well, brother. I think I did. I yeah. think you you navigated it quite masterfully. I I do get a kick, and and it was one of the first times I'd played CCI in quite a while. And um, and and it it had been a minute since I hadn't been drinking, and we'd spent a lot of time midway. I kind of had got my sea legs under me to an extent. <laughs> and I remember at the end of the night, and Martha and them had not pieced together that I didn't drink quite yet. I might have been a second show we played there. Yeah. So at the end of the night at CCI, generally they're trying to offer you up oh, a yeah. round of shots, or used to used to was, 
And uh, so they was pouring all that out. And I remember John, I think you'd had a few that evening, but <laughs> John throws his arm back like, no, 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 this is not for pudding. <laughs> and, I, and I got a kick out of it because I didn't say anything, but I got a kick out of it. I was like, that's funny. That's cute. He thinks he could stop me from it if I wanted it. No, I'm kidding. But no, it was, I, I did get a kick out of it. Well, it, it can be, man. It can be a spooky. I mean, that's, you know, when I first made that decision that I was, you know, let me make this clear. I've, I've not by any means said I quit drinking. I just decided to not drink mm-hmm. professionally on, on the shows. <laughs> yes, I was a professional. No. I was too. I'm first ballot Hall of Famer, guys. But, uh, but I have. I have. I've kept back significantly, and I haven't been drinking anything mm-hmm. at all when I'm playing my shows. And But it was scary. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I even texted him and the guys, and I said, you know, I said, I don't know if I can go into these places and not do it. Yeah. I've never tried it because I've made the decision to it. I've tried it, you know, because I had to for one for a night or two, right? But not on a permanent basis. And sure, sure enough, you know, like you were just talking, one of the first shows we did was CCI. I hadn't been in there in three and a half years. Yeah. I walk in, I'm like, man, I sure would like an ice cold beer. <laughs> you all get it? Smells like Megalobe Ultra. Yeah, boy. Yeah. You know, it's that Austin City. It's like it's uh, it's. It's scary. It is scary. And it's nerve-wracking. And it's, uh, you know, for a time. And then, you know, it just starts to be... For me, it's just become old hat. And I'm not not trying to diminish that or the efforts or whatever's gone on, you know, up to this point for me. But it's just... I've just worked it out of my routine. Yeah. And I don't need it to play. I don't... I was. I tell you what. I was number one scared of. I was. I was scared. Number one of never being fun ever again. That's what I was the most. Yeah. That's what I was the most scared of when I quit drinking. But let me ask you this: they, They're not going to think I'm fun anymore. This would be the same thing I, that I would think of. Did you get to the point where, either while you were drinking or even after you look back on it, that you thought when you went into these places that that's what the crowd expected from yes. you? Yes. That that was I thought part it was, of the show that you I had to be that way. I thought it was rude to turn down a drink. Yeah. I thought it was rude to, you know, if somebody, what do you want to drink? You had to order something, and then you had to drink it with them. Right. Every fucking one of them. Yeah. Oops, my mom's going to listen to this. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. Uh, but every damn one of them, you know, you thought I had to drink them, and then, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's expected. I'm a honky-tonker. I'm, or I'm a bar guy. I, I'm expected to be that. Yeah, it's a and party, and you're the life I'm, of the party. I'm a party. I'm, yeah, it's the party, and I'm supposed to be the center yeah. of that entertainment. So I've got to be, you know, on point. But you don't. People are like, "What are you drinking?" I'm like, "Water." You want to buy me an LA? Go ahead. Would you agree that that doing it going that way that it's kind of like a full circle deal? Like, so when all of us first started, you know, all of us did it because at some point or another we fell in love. Mm-hmm. Not you know with the music and and making the music and that's where we got that's what that's what got us mm-hmm. and just just by weeding our way through these places some of us have the tendency to to go that route and mm-hmm. pick up that habit and and at some point and I'm and I'm glad for people that still can I'm tickled dead John can still have old fashions and he can get right. drunk if he wants to right it's not a problem for him and. You know, it was like he's saying, he's like, oh, what am I supposed to do? Get drunk. Because if yeah. you don't, it's going to be weirder. Yeah. But, yeah, it goes full circle. It goes from, like, you love it, and then 
And then whatever goes on with the drinking and the grind. And it becomes the more about that than it does about it, the music. It becomes work, and it's it's a job, job, job. Yeah. Now, yeah, it's a job, and I want to make money at it now. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm having a ball. Yeah. I'm having a ball. And here I was saying, oh, I was scared I wasn't going to be fun no more. I would pause it. Anybody who wanted to argue has seen me lately. I'm more fun now than I ever, I, I feel like, or I'm having more fun. Yeah. I, I'll say that. I'm having more fun than I've ever had on stage. Well, that shows back out. I mean, if you're having fun up there, they, they feel it out they, there. They, they Speaking of it. having fun, uh, now that you are kind of back in, kind of mm-hmm. full of force, you're not only doing your shows. You've been sitting in with, like, Shelby Lore. Sometimes she'll come up with us and do harmonies and play uh, harmonica. Mm-hmm. Are you enjoying the sideman thing? Yep. I love, so the concept of just walking in, doing a job, it's great, walking off stage is amazing. <laughs> yeah. It really is. And it's not, and, and I love to be the front man. I, I enjoy that too. And it's yeah. its own, they're, they're just, it's their own roles. And it's stretching your legs in different ways that become, um, what I feel like helps me become a more well-rounded musician. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I, I, I shudder to try to not use the word artist. I, we still, like when we write, I've been through this with you. We're just making shit up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's not to say it's not art, but I just, I don't know. I'm, I've am i got that whole self-esteem thing still in the back <laughs> of my brain. So I'm like, you just made some shit up. And I'm thinking back when I was four and I was telling my mom knock-knock jokes. Knock-knock, who's there? Yeah. Apple, Apple who? Apple string. <laughs> I'm not very good. <laughs> you know? It doesn't make any freaking sense. I mean, that joke was so bad, it was, it was funny. Yeah. It's so bad, it was funny, but it's just like, you know. It, so anyway, I'm like, still making stuff up so if it touches somebody it's even more special to me yeah um yeah just focusing on where i'm at right now is i'm really focusing on my musicianship myself is using my voice as an instrument more so and the studio stuff helps yeah we're sitting in here playing um i I know i put a lot of acoustic cover videos up on facebook here recently just sitting and doing stuff you know i spent Two and a half years off and on working on that daggum still crazy after all these years. It's got a lot of weird chords that are hard to yeah. play yeah. for me for some reason. And uh, but that kind of stuff, those are the kind of accomplishments right now that I'm enjoying and, and going up and playing a good show, going up and and going yeah. through a song and having a good night and enjoying myself. You know, to see those videos like from Thursday night, those that's the fun stuff. Yeah. Stepping in and doing a, you know what? I'll do the rain a hand sub gig when Josh can't make it. And yeah. I love that gig. I love doing it when they call me. Yeah. And sometimes Josh is like, I'm afraid you're going to take my job. I'm like, brother, your job is safe. By all means, I don't want to take your job, but I'm more willing to help the band out, help you out. And, and I get to have some Ranahan money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, ain't, that ain't hurt nothing. But, but I, they're Everybody like, needs a little we're like well, we're going to learn. You know, tell us these songs you want to learn. So I'm walking in to be the Ranahans. I'm yeah. going to learn your show, and I'm going to play your show. And, and I did the same thing with uh, Derek and Tony and... Uh, Michael, Tony Hammonds and Michael Shannon, um, a couple weekends ago, staggering. Yeah. I booked them, um, and Shelby. I've I've done staggering with Shelby as a side man. I've done staggering with Shelby and his band as the front man. Yeah. Um, and I picked up Elvis Cogner. He was like, "Well, you know, what do you want to play? <clears throat> what kind of set list you want?" I was like, "I'm gonna learn your show. Let me, send me a song list. Let me look at it." I looked at. it I was like. I want to do all these songs. Yeah. I'm going to learn the Elvis Cocktail Show. So we went and we played a rock and roll show. I played a rock and roll show in Staggering, one of the best 
musicianship nights of my life. I was mm-hmm. in, I was hanging right in there. Yeah. Um, I played a guitar solo that didn't fall apart. Like well, for me as a thing, like <laughs> holy shit. Especially when you're following Derek. You right. Know, it's a little well, intimidating. No, no, I told him I couldn't follow him. If I, I might <laughs> yeah, play a solo, but first. I got to go first so they don't know how bad it is by comparison. But, <laughs> um, but I went, you know, I went through a couple of guitar solos. I just, I just had a really good night. I mean, my britches were soaked down below my knees back yeah. in the night but it was so fun I've, I've got a i've got a nice little Derek story for you uh, <laughs> he filled in one night uh we played the silver eagle down in Renfro, whatever wherever it's at done and uh so he filled in and, and i looked over and he had like five guitar four or five guitars i was like one or two less paws in there i'm like what you bring the less paws for he said well, in case you want to do some aussie man <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't be doing that down your here. Rep, but. Your reputation precedes you. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but that kind of stuff is, is there's a whole lot of this business uh, or, or playing music out. I hate the business part of it. I absolutely loathe that. But but playing music, there's a whole lot of that profession and business that there's a lot of different things that I get a lot of enjoyment out of now that yeah. I used to not. Yeah. And I've, but I've got time to mess with it, too. And um, I just enjoy that. It's it's so much fun, and I'm just glad I don't have to be hammered and wake up hungover. Man, you know, that, that that's, that's a the, big it's a big thing. I mean, that's the exact thing I thought to myself this past Saturday. We were getting ready to go out, and you know, you all played uh, uh, Mama's on Friday night, and I yep. played the Saturday night birthday bash and all that stuff. And, and then I rolled in after. I, yeah, I, she I said rolled, she was over. About I rolled two down. I wanted I'd go see her, so, and then I didn't end up leaving. She didn't let me leave. So I didn't end up leaving there. I got home five thirty that morning. But that that was the nicest part of my Saturday was driving over there, knowing I wasn't gonna get up Sunday morning mm-hmm. feeling like hell. Mm-hmm. And you know, I took just, I took back roads via Woodford County the way home. Yeah. I wasn't worried about nothing. Now, I won't say Sunday night there wasn't a, a six-pack and two some kind of god-awful cider somebody brought to my house. But, but. You mean like apple cider? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cider beer. It, it, it done turned hard, Barn. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you mean like apple cider donuts? <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing, though, when you quit drinking. I, it, you're going to eat all the sweets you want, man. Well, I end, end pretty much every show with the same question, man. Uh, I want to know what your favorite place you've ever played, and what's your bucket list venue. A favorite place. Played the favorite place. Uh, favorite place I've ever played is going to be. Hmm, I'd have to say, you know, we've had a few nights in Austin City were pretty killer. Oh, I, yeah. I can't, you know, I. I gotta say, Austin City. It's it's. Second there's home. been there's been a few. There's been a few nights at Midway that would that would rank up there too, um, just just the crowd working with the crowd, but so those two definitely I've got a special place in my heart for both of those places, um, but my bucket list I'm going Carnegie, and you know I ain't getting there I don't care it's fine but if if you were to, if I got a genie and got a wish you know. I'd say Carnegie, and uh, just go up there and unclass the joint as much as humanly possible. <laughs> so, well, one uh, one venue that we've been around, both of us been around a lot. Uh, we're playing this weekend, actually. Uh, we're going to be at uh, Frankie's Plaza this Saturday together with the uh, George Moulton Band and the Gary Cow Band together. on the same bill. Okay. So, if you're out and about in the Moorhead area. Okay. 
come on out Saturday night. I'm sure it will be a good time as always. Yeah, George, I'm going to share what George told me. He said, said, Puddin', I think I'm going to open tonight let you close. I'll take it easy on you. I said, you take it easy on me and smoke your ass. <laughs> so, if you catch him, if you catch him lazing around Saturday night, you let me know. We're going to, we're going to, I don't know. I'm playing with both bands. I'm going to have to take <laughs> well, it easy. Just so you know, I didn't get away with that. You didn't? No, no. I got, I got a message and, and well, I, can you go on? I said, I don't want to go on last. I want to go on first and I want to go home. <laughs> Well, I don't know. We'll see. Well, that's whatever what happens, happens, happens. When you're happens. That good. Huh? That's what happens when you're that good. That's, that's the that what it is. It. Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, this has been a great episode. Thanks for having uh, being on here, man. Thanks for having me on. Finally, you bastards. Hey, you know we had to <laughs> like sixth episode. You get your best friend on. Damn it. We had to see how things went for a little while. You know. <laughs> right. We could have already been canceled by now. Anyway. Well, we might be canceled. I was gonna say this if you one. don't yeah, get canceled here. Yeah. Guys, thank you all for listening. Always. <laughs> see you. Hot time. That concludes today's episode of Weekend Superstars. I'm John McHugh and my co-host George Moulton. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to Puddin' Howe for being our guest today. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever it is you get your podcast. Stay tuned. New episode coming next week. Later. Later.